This is episode 13 of Eat, Play, Sex. Here's a hot highlight for what's to come. You want to know something really scary? Yeah, tell us. I just uh, published about a, a study that came out about a virus that makes you obese. It, there's what? really strong evidence for this, a contagious virus that actually comes from chickens. And when people get this virus, they put on weight and they can't lose weight. And some <gasps> meaningful percentage of obese people out there are infected by this. Stop it. So if you were to expose yourself to this virus from someone who had it via an intimate act, we don't know whether obesity is contagious that way, but it would not be too terribly surprising. This podcast is for mature audiences 18 and over and for entertainment purposes only. Please contact your healthcare provider before pursuing any of our topics discussed. You're listening to Eat, Play, Sex with your queens of climax, Dr. Kat and Di. The place to get play, sex, and nutrition talk straight to your ears. Side effects of this podcast may include more lovemaking, hormone harmony, spontaneous sex, exceptional orgasms, less sugar cravings, and more sex cravings. In rare cases, listeners experience a strong desire to try new sexual positions and lube with organic edibles. If you experience moods happier than usual, contact your Facebook friends immediately. What's up, kitty cat? Mm, hello. I, oh my God, I'm so beaming right now. I just got back from visiting my hometown in Missouri. With your homies? Yeah, with my homies, with my family. What were you doing there? I uh, was just visiting my family. We have a new baby niece, super fun. But it was so interesting. You know, every time you go back home and it's like you enter back into your family system and you realize all the things that that you grew up with and how it's formulated who you are and how you think and how you act. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it triggers me and I'm like, I really don't want to go back to being that person again. And then like (laughs) I get to get triggered and then I like practice not triggering them. And it's just like this big fun playground. Yeah. I like to look at it as like be be an observer. And yes. Like, oh, that's where I got that from. Yeah. We had so many cop, uh, conversations about sexuality. What? <laughs> I know. Mean, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. I get the, I get asked this question a lot. Oh my gosh, Dane, you have a radio show and you're talking about sex. Like, how does your mom feel about that? So yeah. what do you mean you talk about sex with your family? Um, it was mainly my siblings. <laughs> my parents just kind of watch and they're like, okay. <laughs> but it was we all... We made my- these things. Look at them, like, play. I talk know. About sex. I know. So we were talking about what we grew up with, um, being in the Midwest, the culture there. Um, I grew up as Catholic. That we went to a Catholic high school, Catholic grade school. So it was all these messages about you know you don't talk about it, or there was a lot of guilt yeah. or or shame surrounding sexuality, especially sex outside of marriage. <gasps> oh my gosh, oh. scandalous! Wait, wait, people do that. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Tell voice? me more. Who is this voice? <laughs> Ah, oh, I'm so excited about that voice. The voice of Curious Dave Asprey, who we're going to be introducing, which we're so excited to have on. <laughs> Dave of Bulletproof, what's going on, friend? Quite a lot. I, I love that introduction. We're like talking about sex outside of marriage, and I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on here? And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm married. Never mind. <laughs> well, you know, I think that the thing is to remember is that we're entitled to be curious, right? And I think that, you know, what you were just talking about with Catholicism and sometimes the church has this influence over what we're allowed to think and it's even shameful to even be curious but like to act on it sometimes is just not really that that's not ethical potentially and, and we've talked about in previous shows like maybe we don't even have enough oxytocin and that's why we want to act on them instead of just being curious about them so um today we're going to talk a lot about the really cool concept of biohacking which as you guys know my name is diane so i call it biohacking. so thanks dave for introducing me to the term that i have i have otherwise coined hacking Ooh, sexy <laughs> hacking Hackers are sexy now. We used to just be nerds, but now it's changed. <laughs> Hashtag hackers are hot. Hashtag nerd so hard. Hashtag hot hacker. <laughs> hacker, not to be confused with haggard. <laughs> totally opposite. So guys, we've got an amazing show for you today because, you know, one of, one of I think, you know, Dave, I don't know if I've really ever thought about this or put it this way, but I think... One of the bigger inspirations for me in my practice and in my life to step outside of myself and try new things has been your entire movement of just, you know what, like, there's no rules. There's no like, oh, we've done studies on this and this means that this, but there's not, it doesn't mean that there's a lack of abundance of other things that are out there or solutions that have not yet been found or combinations of things. And really accepting 
that disease is something that we have to be faced with or like low sex drive or like no sex drive or desiring to have sex with multiple people. Like these are things that, that I don't know about desire to have sex with multiple people. That's a curiosity, but like, well, if to, you want to, I mean, if you want to, you can, Go for but it. like, we're not saying we're judging, but anyway, <laughs> Dave Asprey, we, let's, why do you keep going to that? I, I'm not sure. You know, I think it's because maybe a part of it is my psyche because, um, I think in my dating world right now, it, it's people really don't want to be in a relationship. They like the idea of having multiple relationships. So I think it's my reality. Uh, it it seems like like Tinder, Tinder and all those things have changed dating forever because it's just easy to be in multiple relationships now. Yeah. Or so I hear. Well, that yeah. or we end up in the paradox of choice, and there's so much choice that we keep thinking that they're the best one is the next one. Oh, I know. Or like me being a Libra, I'm like, oh my God, there's like 10 options. I want all of them. And you can. I can't choose one. You can have all of them if you want to. I think I'm starting to do this now. <laughs> I'm accepting <laughs> this is my new reality. You know what? I don't want one boyfriend. I want like five. And you could do this thing, and you could do that thing. So I'm starting a new biohacking, biohacking concept of dating. Girl, if you want five boyfriends, I can help you with that one. <laughs> I, actually, I don't think that's that hard. <laughs> I well, I help couples who want to open their relationships or who are curious about the polyamorous lifestyle. It's actually can work, but there's so much that you have to pay attention to and you have to know so much about yourself. Yeah, you really, I mean, that's the number one thing is how well do you know yourself? And I think that that's really why Dave has been so successful with his movement is that it's about getting to know yourself so that you can learn how you reflect on others and they reflect on you and how to inspire other people like Dave has. So let me get into the bio real quick of Dave and then we're going to ask him a very personal question. Mm. And then we're going to ask you guys some burning, yearning questions. I know a lot of you, um, you ask us in private or you ask us you know, publicly and I know Dave is super equipped, not only with what he's already done, but this new book he's got coming out too. So Dave is super well known. If you guys don't know Dave, you're definitely hiding under a very heavy rock. Dave created Bulletproof Coffee and he um, created the Bulletproof Diet out of a sense of self-preservation. So I'm going to put his entire bio on our page, eatplaysex.com, where you could see this, it's episode 13. But boy, this is just a brief one. But for most of Dave's life, he was super overweight and struggled with a lot of autoimmune disease and cognitive decline. Some I didn't know this about you, Dave, because I had an autoimmune disease too, but I want I want you to talk a little bit about it today. But Dave has switched his strategies and applying tools and tactics from the worlds of human physiology, nutrition, and how do you even pronounce this word? Burgeoning technologies? Sounds good to me. Okay, cool. That's a big <laughs> word. <laughs> With a new understanding of human biology, Dave hacked his health to lose 100 pounds, increase his IQ, and lower his biological age. Oof. You Magic. Know, totally. And you know, with that, with losing 100 pounds, I bet your testosterone shot straight through the roof, Dave. Well, some of the time it did. Uh, when I went raw vegan, my testosterone dropped like a stone after a few months. But when I added the butter back in, yeah, the testosterone went back up. Bring the butter back. <laughs> Better, and, and get butter this, back it, for it's actually yes. The, the hundred pounds isn't that accurate because over the last two months, I sort of accidentally put on about thirty-five pounds of muscle that I wasn't trying to put on. So I guess, well, I did lose hundred pounds of fat. You, wow. wow! So yeah. while everybody else is working out and exercising and eating, and Dave's like, I accidentally gained I, muscle. Accidentally, I, I did work out like six times, so it was it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of what I what we talk about now more for women is that exercising more could be contributing to hormonal imbalance yeah. considering all the other stressors we've got. So we definitely want to talk yeah. about biohacking today too. So were you going to say something about that, Dave? I heard a yeah. I was, I was going to say like exercising too much for women, it kind of makes you hangry. It's not a good thing. And not hangry for sex, which is kind of a bad thing because <laughs> we eat uh, more and sex less. Hangry for sex is a new concept. I kind of like that one. Let's start it. <laughs> All right, guys. So, Dave, we've got a burning, burning question for you. We're going to ask you a few really amazing questions, like I said, throughout the interview. And at the end, we're going to close with the exciting thing that is your new book and how people get to get a hold of it and what exactly is contained in it. So um, the first question we have for you is this. You get to pick between one of two. Number one, what is your most embarrassing sex moment? And number two, what was one crazy diet or nutrition thing you tried for sake of your sex health or body? Hmm. 
I'm trying to think of my most embarrassing sex moment because I've had so many. (laughs) (laughs) You can write an article about it, a blog, and just send it to us later after you decide on one for today. (laughs) Jeez. I'm... It's weird because I don't really have a sense of embarrassment anymore because I've like hacked all that stuff neurologically. So it's hard to actually go back because when you when you undo the things that make you embarrassed, your memory of being embarrassed also gets affected because like my my memory of past events doesn't have the emotional weight that it normally would if I like felt really embarrassed. So Very I'm digging true. through. Very true. Digging through all of my activities. Uh, I don't know that I have a great answer for you right now. I don't want to cop out on it, though. You know, then that's probably one of the, it's probably going to be one of your biggest, highest hit articles if you write that for your website and you put it on Uh, there. Here we go. Yeah. I figured it out for you. Okay, good. That was the trigger I needed. Okay, good. So, help. (laughs) in the, in the course of biohacking, one of the the big things that controls a guy's energy is how often he ejaculates. And I, for a year, decided that I was going to test these Taoist principles. And there's an equation for how often a guy should ejaculate. And this is not an equation that applies to women. So women, you should have lots and lots of orgasms. It makes you happier, higher EQ and all this. But for guys, Mm -hmm. if we ejaculate uh, too often, it actually makes us uh, angry and like disconnected. And there's actually like a a post-ejaculation hangover. The Taoists were looking at immortality. They wanted to live forever. And since they didn't have all the tools of measurement that we have today, they looked at everything they could do, including, well, frequency of of orgasm for men. What they found was that if you take your age in years minus seven and divide by four, that yields a number of days. And you shouldn't ejaculate more frequently than that. So I tracked my ejaculations over uh, over the course of a year and tested the theory. At the time when I did this, my number was eight, which means I would only ejaculate once every eight days. This doesn't mean sex once every eight days. It turns out that there was a correlation. The less I ejaculated, the more I had sex. Uh, in other words, you're like, I'm not done yet. So then three, four hours later, you're like, could we go again? Uh, uh-huh. So <laughs> uh, it, that's actually good for the woman as well as for the man because the woman has more orgasms and the guy just has a lot more sex, so you get a lot more oxytocin, but you don't get depleted at the end of it. So this is all well and good, but one of the things that the Taoist said was, well, you should, uh, not should, you can make yourself live for a very, very long time if you only ejaculate once every 30 days. Now, that is a tall order. And uh, so working in conjunction with my wife, Dr. Lana, said, all right, I'm going to do this. And what happens is when you get really close a little voice comes on in your head that says, if you don't ejaculate right now, the species will die. It'll be the end of the world. Yeah. And then then you convince yourself, using the dumbest logic ever, that you actually should ejaculate right now, even though you've waited 24 days. You only had six more days to go. So I might have made that mistake a couple times. And eventually <laughs> I found uh, – you're like, oh, man, I got to start over. So I <laughs> – I finally figured out that, that, and this is kind of the embarrassing part of it. Well, there's two embarrassing parts. The first part is that if I'm in charge of deciding when I'm going to ejaculate, it is a lot of work because then the decision's always on me. And the way to make it much easier to go 30 days was I finally said, all right, hey, Lana, why don't, I'm not even going to count the number of days. Like, why don't you tell me? Maybe it'll be 31 days, maybe 29, whatever. You decide the number of days. But if I don't know and it's not up to me, then it becomes really easy. So she's like, okay, and then it's like, done. But if she didn't say okay, I didn't have to. So by taking myself out of the decision loop, it became much, much easier to go 30 days. But the, So that was kind of embarrassing that I had to like have someone else decide, uh, decide uh, what 30 days was, which made it easy, because that meant that the amount of self-control I thought I had wasn't there. Hmm. But then I, I gave a big talk about this at the Quantified Self-Conference. And the talk is on the website. It's like bulletproof orgasms or something. And... Um, having to report, oh, here's the data, oh, there's, there's the oops data point, like I started that experiment over. So I basically plotted my ejaculation and sex frequency over the course of a year for an audience of 500 people. That was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> does does that had... rate? That's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, I think for, for nerds, for sure. I mean, I know that a lot of men have probably listened to this going, yeah, screw that, a month. So, surprisingly... I mean... The number of people who came up after this talk, there are probably 40 couples. They're like, yeah, we noticed that too. Um, there is a, oh, and I plotted my daily happiness for this whole year too. And it turns out you will be less happy 
when you uh, when you ejaculate every day. And and the, now we're talking about ejaculation versus orgasm, right? Because men can still orgasm without ejaculating. Men can orgasm without ejaculating. And in fact, one of the other things men are capable of, and this is also straight out of the same Taoist uh, philosophy, is that they say when you do have an orgasm, you should limit it to an hour or less. <laughs> Whoa. Not sex, only have the actual or orgasm. What? <laughs> And I, I can tell you during the course of this year that I, I don't know if an hour is possible, but I, a 15 minute orgasm is, is like, it's just bad for guys. Like, your abs hurt for days after a 15 minute uh -huh. orgasm, and that did happen. So, yeah, your body's capable of all sorts of weird things you wouldn't think of when, you, when you're paying attention. I love our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of just want to pause right now and go walk in the forest and think about what you just said. <laughs> I'm up in space right now. It's, no, it's... no, no. Keep in mind, I don't mean to ejaculate every 15 minutes because you turn yourself inside out. Yeah. What I'm talking yeah. about, I, I'm talking about here is is literally like whole body convulsion. Like I'm definitely having an orgasm now. So oh, that yeah. that was that was uh, epic and interesting. And there are things like that that we're capable of, and they really they actually do come down to at the end of the day these core drivers that are wired into all the cells in our body that come from our mitochondria. There's even a a section in my new book, Headstrong, that talks about sex and mitochondria and some of the stuff I just described. I'm so excited for that book. It sounds super sexy. Headstrong. Head. Headstrong. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Of course. I mean, <laughs> so, okay, so Dave, I, I want to, you're a guy, so I, I want to get into this for guys specifically to start because, you know, the fact that you biohacked yourself into the amazing superhero that you are now. Um, it is obviously it's inspiring to a lot of people. So I know now that a lot of men are, they think that, that the low T is a problem, then they get it from their doctor and they're injecting things. And, you know, low testosterone is one of the number one causes for heart disease, but yet is also the number, one of the number one causes for prostate cancer. So it's not really the solution. It's the band aid. Um, so I want to hear it. We want to hear it from a man's perspective. Like it, and you probably get asked this question a lot maybe, is how do I biohack myself to have more testosterone? And that might not, not even be the question, you know, it might be something totally different and that might not be the answer, but go ahead, Kat. It might be, are you coming up with bulletproof penis pills anytime soon? Uh, <laughs> I, I looked at that and it turned out that getting the grass fed ingredients required for that would have been, okay, I'm not gonna wow. go there. <laughs> Here's the uh, here's the deal. I've written a lot about testosterone. When I was 26, I was uh, I'd already lost like 30 pounds or something. I was still in the high 200s, and I went to the doctor because I was having brain fog and just serious energy problems. Uh, I, it turns out I had Hashimoto's, and I lived in a house with toxic mold that was poisoning my mitochondria. So Whoa. literally, like like the battery in my body that's supposed to take a charge and keep me going all day, like like wasn't working. And I was, I was messed up. I went into the doctor and my testosterone levels were lower than my mom's mm. at 26. Ouch. And I definitely noticed some, uh, some sex drive issues there. And I still had a sex drive, but it was highly variable. And I started taking supplements for it. So I would take tribulus and things like that to, right. to try and prop it up. L-arginine is another thing. Right. Did I just say to prop it up? Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> wow, perfect. Phaser like how do you not? How do you not have innuendos in a conversation like this, even if you're trying not to? I know. All right. <laughs> I have the best conversations with people these days. Everything. <laughs> in the gutter. We get to be immature. Uh, totally. Yes. Uh, now, I was concerned about this. I, also, my other sex hormones, my FSH and LH, were also off. So I went to an anti-aging doctor. This was, geez, 20 years ago. So these were very hard to find, even someone who would test these things. And he said, well, why don't we put you on testosterone? And it totally helped. So I took testosterone uh, most of the time for eight years wow. uh, straight, which totally was beneficial for me because my testosterone was broken. Keep in mind, I was uh, obese and I had all sorts of systemic problems going on. I'd been on antibiotics for much of my childhood because I kept getting uh, sinus infections and strep throat because I also lived in a house with toxic mold, which causes those things. So I was like, just on this continuous, just smack the body every which way you can sort of thing. I also had really high anxiety and stress levels uh, for a whole bunch of different reasons. So 
that's just a bad combination when this is this is your life and testosterone was was a godsend and i'll tell you i went off of it during the the writing of the bulletproof diet and during the testing phases for that book which now globally is somewhere around a half a million copies sold in 10 languages like it, it's become uh, a number one bestseller in Japan without me even knowing about it. Uh, oh, and it, how cool. It's super cool. I, I ended up going to Japan, people like lifting up their shirts and showing me their six packs from Bulletproof. Oh, uh, which, wait, I saw something else happening. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they never lifted them that high. I, I don't the, know why. But the woman's like, sign but, my boobs. <laughs> Uh, no, that, that has yet to happen to me. I, I, I keep wondering. I'm like, only if you tattoo it. I think it's now, a NASCAR the, thing, maybe. After this episode. I, yeah. <laughs> after this episode, there we go. But it, even so, though, Japan's a pretty conservative culture. So when yeah. people usually don't come and lift up their shirts. I, I, was, I was touched. But it, it, it's funny because I'm like, I'm going to go off testosterone and see what happens. And I found if I was really careful that I could keep my levels around 700 but it was pretty tough because when I was doing this work, I was working as a VP at a big company and I was starting Bulletproof, which is kind of two full jobs. And I have two young kids. Uh, one of them had just been born. So it was it was a, a rough time. In fact, a lot of new dads have their testosterone go down pretty precipitously, mostly because you're not sleeping and then you're not having sex anymore because, you know, all the attention goes to the kids and all that kind of stuff. So. I did go back on testosterone after after a couple of years. I take testosterone now. I'm 44, and I keep my levels around 800. Uh, but I don't take very much testosterone. I do find that, given my goal to live to 180 or beyond, <laughs> that there's a pretty good uh, amount of evidence that says I'm, I'm going to feel better, look better, think better, and live longer if I keep my testosterone levels like those of a 30-year-old instead of like a 60-year-old. Now, Dave. I you keep mentioning t testosterone levels. What's a good level and what's a low level? It depends on your goals and things like that. But for guys, uh, somewhere around 750 is pretty good, maybe up to 900, depending on what you are trying to do and depending on you know, how do you want to look and how do you want to feel and how old are you and how much is your endogenous production and all that. So seven, 900, somewhere in there. Cool. One of, one of the big issues too is that different people have different predilections for how they break down hormones. So for a lot of people listening, you could just take pregnenolone or DHEA, and if you're lucky, your body will just convert that into testosterone. When I take those things, you know what happens? I grow breasts and I get like soft thighs. Because, <laughs> Aromatized. Totally, and the guys in my family, every guy in my dad's family has man boobs. Mm. Uh, and it's a, a family thing, so mm. my, I've mapped out many of my pathways. And pretty much everything goes to estrogen in me, which is irritating. It could be because I used to be obese. It's certainly got a genetic component. Yeah. So different guys have point. different ways of doing this. And, and I literally uh, went on uh, pregnenolone uh, for a while last year and uh, actually got fat shamed for my thighs. Uh, oh. Fat shamed is, by who? Let me add them. Uh, it was actually by one of my dear friends, JJ Virgin. No way. Uh, it was Seriously? actually on my bucket list to be. I, it, it was it was kind of nice. I mean, you, 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 I, I'm kidding, but uh, <laughs> it, it was JJ, and she's hey, what's going on with your thighs? She like, grabbed my thigh. I'm like, actually, my thighs are getting fat. So I was like, maybe I should do another hormone panel. And she was right because I was turning that stuff into estrogen and not turning it into testosterone. You know, that's when so, you know it's a real friend. Oh <laughs> yeah, someone is honest with you, and then they know you're not going to take it personal either. Oh, she's she's one of my dearest friends, yeah. but it was funny. And so I just said, you know, it's been on my bucket list forever to be fat shamed by JJ. So I just checked that <laughs> off my list. And it's all good. Done. <laughs> well, and, and I know that, too, there's a, a ton of uh, information and in, in, um, even in the gut world, too, on our body wants to be a set point. And if we have at one point been overweight, then in our body's producing more estrogen from those fat cells, our body like fights hard to get back to that set point again. It's like a genetic thing. It's a gut biome thing. It's, it's a diet thing. There's all kinds of factors that go into it. So this is where I hear you say that there, that you can take control over your health, um, based on knowledge of what does what. And it's like, there's genetics, but that's not the end point. That's like not the, where it ends. So when, when you're talking about men and, and the testosterone thing, what would you, what would you say aside from just testosterone are, are a few things that men can do to biohack themselves to healthy level, healthier levels of testosterone on top of potentially testosterone supplementation? All right. Yeah. One of them is have more undamaged saturated fat. 
This means grass-fed butter, uh, some coconut oil, and uh, very specifically raw egg yolks. One of the recipes, my very first book, you guys may not know this, but my first book was actually about fertility and how to get pregnant and yeah. how to have kids who are healthier and stronger and all that. So I looked into this a lot, and there's a recipe on the Bulletproof website called Get Some Ice Cream, and you use brain octane oil, which is a, a saturated fat that we manufacture that's a, a very rare extract of coconut oil that turns up mitochondrial energy. So you put that in there, and you put nine raw egg yolks from healthy chickens and whatever flavorings you like. You blend it up and put it in your ice cream maker, and it it's something it's called get some ice cream because after you eat it as a man or a woman, as a man, it, it'll boost testosterone. But for a woman's body, when you eat that stuff, your body's like, wait, I have all the perfect raw ingredients for making a baby. Maybe we should go try to make a baby. So like an hour after you eat the ice cream, you just find yourself in the bedroom and it works way better than vodka on a date. Yeah. <laughs> well, vodka kills your sex drive. So of course it would, right? <laughs> Yeah, it kills your sex drive over time, but you know there are definitely people who might have used vodka to uh, to as a social lubricant, so to speak. To and it, it, inhibitions, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's kind of funny because if you're on a date and you say, "Hey, I made you this ice cream," like it's kind of romantic if if you're a guy and you make ice cream for someone and they might not know that it's get some ice cream and they might not know why they're just feeling these urges afterwards, and <laughs> it's entirely innocent. <laughs> Tricky, tricky. That ice cream is so hot. Wait. It, <laughs> so anybody it, who's uh, trying to get get somebody to fall in love with them, make this ice cream. It make this ice cream. You can also just. I, I mean, I, I last year there were forty eight million cups of bulletproof coffee. So <laughs> it, it won't change my life if a listener tries bulletproof coffee or not. Uh, but it'll change their life. So have the butter, or you know, do, do it do it right. It's amazing what happens. If you're eating fried stuff all the time, it will mess you up. In fact, if you eat French fries, like, oh, I like French fries or fried Brussels sprouts, it doesn't really matter. You damage the endothelial layer in your body. This is where blood circulation happens. You Uh want blood circulation in certain areas in both men and women, right? So you get a 24-hour damage from those things. If you were to smoke a cigarette, it's only four hours of damage. So I'm not saying... You shouldn't smoke cigarettes and you shouldn't eat french fries. But if you gave me a choice of the two, I've never been a smoker. I would rather smoke the cigarette because it causes less harm than fried foods. So you got to stay away from that stuff if you want to have a good sex drive. Plus, your skin will look better too, which will probably get you laid anyway. Yeah. I don't have sex with anybody who has acne. I'm just, I, I like, uh, don't know what to say to that. I don't that. know what to say either. I mean, but but it's true. It's skin and hair and, and teeth. Those are, you know, you, we we look at people and we look at how you know the, the, how healthy they look. And if they just if they don't look kept or healthy, I don't want to get. I mean, at one point maybe I want to have kids with someone, and I just don't know if I want to expose my beautiful goddess garden to someone who doesn't take care of themselves. So yeah, uh, you want to you want to know something really scary? Yeah, tell us. I just. Uh, published about a, a study that came out about a virus that makes you obese. It, there's what? really strong evidence for this, a contagious virus that actually comes from chickens. And when people get this virus, they put on weight and they can't lose weight. And some meaningful percentage of obese people out there are infected by this. Stop it. So if you were to expose yourself to this virus from someone who had it via an intimate act, we don't know whether obesity is contagious that way, but it would not be too terribly surprising. So then you take your bulletproof penis pill. Is that what you're uh, saying? <laughs> I'm starting uh, no. rumors. I'm starting rumors. Cue the FDA uh, is getting, getting us in trouble. <laughs> I, I can tell you that I have not formulated a penis pill. <laughs> Anytime, though, that you turn up your mitochondrial function, actually, let's talk about mitochondria for a minute. Because yeah. mm, sexy. So you'll be surprised at how sexy these little things are. So your mitochondria are tiny, ancient bacteria. And you probably learned in high school biology that, that we harness them to become the power plants in our cells. But the reality is that a couple billion years ago, they're like, hey, I see a nice Petri dish over there. We're moving on in. And t- from their perspective, we are a walking Petri dish and yep. they're in charge. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a quadrillion of these guys in there, way more than there are bacteria in your gut, way more than there are cells in your body. And 
did you know that mitochondria actually make pregnenolone, which is the mother hormone that all the other hormones come from? They're actually the, where, part of where it's manufactured anyway. Yeah. The mothership. It's the and, foreplay. It's the foreplay yeah. to the pregnenolone. Mitochondria, we need you. Well, I get this. It's worse than that because we're talking about all these urges that we have. Okay, if you're a single-celled bacteria, there's only really four things that you have to do. Okay, One of them is run away from or kill scary things. That would be pretty much your fight or flight response. That's anxiety right there that you yeah. experience. Okay, but this is just a single cell that has to do this. Okay, the next thing it has to do is it has to eat everything. And we've all been guilty of that when there's a pizza in front of us. Like way more than you wanted to. Some voice in your head said eat, eat whatever it is and, and keep doing it. Eat well, me. Exactly. <laughs> and then let's see. What's the third thing that a bacteria has to do for the species to survive? Oh, reproduce. <laughs> so yes. well, you, we've been talking about that a little bit today. And the fourth thing is actually like build a community. And this is why when bacteria start working together and uh, communicate with each other. That's so now, sweet. It's so sweet. But here's the sad thing. Your core behaviors, all of them are just emergent behavior from when a quadrillion little bacteria that control the state of energy from every cell in your body. They're the ones that are causing you to want to go have sex with those five guys. They're the ones that are telling you to eat every single donut in the entire house. They're the ones telling you to be afraid of things you shouldn't be afraid of, uh, like social anxiety or other things like that, or to procrastinate. All of those behaviors are single cell algorithms being replicated kabillions of times. And yes, kabillion is a technical term. Kabillions. So, yep. That's cool. It's, very it's super cool. That, of you, that's, Dave. That's why I wrote Headstrong. Like, it's about that. And it's about how do you hack those little bastards instead of letting them run things? <laughs> that's what I was going to ask ones, you next. Yes. Yeah. So it's like the next time someone um, is is um, doing any of the irresponsible or uh, things, guilt, guilty things that you just mentioned, it's not me. It's my mitochondria. So, and we've talked about this before in previous shows that it's also your gut microbiome. So, like... My, my question to you is that if it's the mitochondria, then can you give us a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a preview as to what is in your book on how you can biohack these mitochondria? Well, one of the most important things you can do, we already talked about, it's Saturated eat fat. larger amounts of undamaged fat. If you're eating seed oils, you're eating lots of omega-6 fats. Or you're eating even the saturated fats that have been heated to 550 degrees in your paleo broiler extreme. Right. Uh, well, unfortunately, it does hurt your vascular system, but it also changes these things because they, they don't just function as power plants. They're manufacturing plants, but they're also like the, the batteries or they charge the batteries in your cells. So what happens when you have a new phone is it takes a charge in the morning and it goes all day. And after you've charged it a few hundred times it's out of power by 3 p.m. because the efficiency goes down. Right. So the whole game of living a long time and frankly having more testosterone, having a more powerful, more abundant sex life is put more power into the system and stop the power from leaking out. Yeah. The fat's one way. Uh, the amount of polyphenols you eat in your food is a huge thing. Polyphenols are colored molecules that we like to say are antioxidants, but they do a lot more than antioxidants. They're actually signaling molecules for mitochondria. And you eat more of those things, number one source being coffee, but green tea, chocolate, and brightly colored vegetables, berries, things like that. Uh, the more of those you eat, the better your sex life is going to be, and the better your performance at everything you do is going to be, because you're changing your mitochondria. You just said, eat colorful vegetables and fruits, and we always go back to, that's why we're unicorns. We recommend eating the rainbow. We like everything rainbow colored. Well, that makes me think of Skittles, and Skittles aren't. Well, good. that's because your mitochondria needs some battery charging. No, they're, it turns they're craving out the wrong Skittles. Things. Skittles are fine as long as you put them through one of those juicing machines. Totally... <laughs> <laughs> uh, green smoothie girl's gonna kill me. Sorry, oh, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> so saturated fat's one of them. Now you named butter. So what are a few before we move on to the third thing? 
what are a few other of the other things that you would like your top five in your arsenal for healthy saturated fats because every morning i have my bulletproof coffee and i have it's your it's your coconut oil which we're gonna have links below and some promos for you guys um and i also put my grass-fed butter in there and i do my thing with you know tons and tons of adaptogens and antioxidants and my day like feels complete so i feel like my i'm gonna live i'm gonna beat you dave i'm gonna go to 190. competition starts today but who's gonna look better at 190. (laughs) yeah well we have botox oh wait no just kidding um she has pink hair i have pink hair yep okay so um so the saturated fats can you give us some other examples like your top five it turns out there aren't that many really good sources so there's there's egg yolks which are the really good part of the egg. The whites are sort of like, why are they there? I guess you could eat some. Uh, <laughs> so white, white discriminatory of you. Oh my goodness, I, I didn't mean to go there. But uh, <laughs> I would definitely go for the yolks. And if someone orders an egg white omelet, you should high five them and be like, can I have your yolks? Yeah, uh, because, right? Yeah, like egg whites are not a very good source of protein. They, they are protein, but they're not a high quality protein. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with eating some egg whites. They just need to be cooked a little bit. Yep. So in the ice cream, you actually put the yolks in the ice cream and you take the whites and either toss them or make like meringues or something. Mm. Get uh, yoked with yolks. Oh, I like it. Yeah. You can probably make a t-shirt that way. Yeah. So, so we've got egg yolks. We've got grass-fed butter. Coconut oil is good. Too much coconut oil, though. It turns out that lauric acid, which is like it's, uh, it's called Liars MCT. MCT oil is a kind of oil that I popularized. It turns out that there's a bunch of companies selling the one MCT that doesn't work because uh. it's the cheapest and most abundant one. And that's oh. why Brain Octane is special because it doesn't have any of the any of the, the cheap ones out there. Thank you it. for answering that because so many people ask me that question, Dave. So many people. I'm, it, I'm like, if you if you go to Amazon and look at MCT right now, the vast majority of what's out there has. Uh, the stuff that doesn't raise your energy levels at all compared to the stuff that I use. So it, it's uh, it's actually a bit of marketing trickery that's happening For around sure. MCT. Oh, For sure. And, yeah. and the coconut oil companies will tell you, oh, it's 62% MCT. Yeah, it's about 5% the stuff that, that I make because the rest of it doesn't work the same. Mm-hmm. And if you eat too much coconut oil, it's actually been shown to increase the bad bacteria toxin called LPS. It actually goes into the body more. So coconut oil is good for you, but you don't want to eat like two cups of coconut oil a day, which is something that, that some paleo people make. You know uh, what, too, Dave? So, oh, sorry. Finish your sentence. I have something to say after that. Oh, do say it. We, we interviewed um, someone, uh, Karan Krishna, on gut bacteria and oxytocin. And one of the things that I guess is a follow-up to what some of our listeners have asked us, like, well, okay, he said that saturated fat is actually bad for the gut bacteria that make oxytocin. And people are like, well, I thought, I, was, I thought saturated fat was supposed to be good, so I'm confused now. So Dave just, just clarified that, that too much saturated fat can actually hinder um, the, the good bacteria with the um, toxins that are created in the gut, bac- in the gut microbiome. It was basically what? a summary of what you said, right, Dave? Kind of, but okay. there's also like... I don't want to say the exact number without looking up the highest length of saturated fat there is, but there's many different kinds of saturated fat. Mm -hmm. So when someone says saturated fat's good or bad for you, it actually doesn't mean anything Mm. more than liquid is good or bad for you. Because like palmitic acid is something that is most known for escorting these toxins through the gut, yet the things like uh, brain octane oil is actually known for being protective against that effect, even though they're both saturated fats. So it, it's kind of like paint is good. You're like, well, did you want red paint or blue paint? They're both paint, but they look different and they do different things. So you want to be kind of precise on that front. And that's why I formulate the stuff that I make the way I do. I can tell you grass-fed butter is a, is a really good choice. And anytime you're eating a higher fat diet, you must have a high amount of polyphenols and a high amount of vegetables to feed the good bacteria that protect you from this effect. If you're eating like French fries, cheesecake and a high saturated fat diet, especially one with artificial sweeteners or milk protein isolate and sucralose and all that crap, you should expect to have problems with your gut bacteria and for the extra fat to be carrying uh, carrying these bad things through your gut. You'll see this in a lot of people on a, the high fat, low carb ketogenic diets when they're not paying attention to uh, to the, the quality of the protein or the quality of the sweeteners. Mm. Uh, some of the, the common bars out there use artificial sweeteners and you're actually going to cause problems by trying to go into ketosis when you have toxins. This is why also when I went into ketosis many years ago to try and lose my 100 pounds, I could lose 50 pounds with the other 50 wouldn't budge. Mm. And it's why if you go to a high fat, low carb uh, conference, 
you'll find that there are many obese people there. They're just half as obese as they used to be. And it's because mm. of this problem with their gut bacteria. Wow. So are you are you a proponent or where, where do you lie in the ketogenic diet, you know, with respect to health and sexual health in general? The Bulletproof diet is a cyclical ketogenic diet that's low in toxins. And that seems to work really well for everyone. I know very few women who can go and do ketosis and stay there and maintain their sex drive and their yes. sleep quality. Yes, yes, uh, thank you. It, it's much harder on women than it is on men. It's a powerful metabolic aid. And what I do with Headstrong, the new book, and, and also to some extent the Bulletproof Diet, it's like, look, ketones will change your life because they turn on your mitochondria. They actually can increase your energy for having sex or for doing whatever you want to do. The problem is that you have to go four days with no carbs in order to get ketones or brain octane oil, the stuff I keep talking about, it turns into ketones as soon as you take it. So you can actually have some carbohydrates present and you can have some ketones present every single day. Like right now, I poured brain octane oil on my lunch, but I had some celery root, which is a source of carbohydrate in the soup that I had. So now, if we were to measure me, I have some glucose from the carbs and I have some ketones from brain octane. Biologically, that's not supposed to be possible, but it sure does feel good. And that's one of the secrets to having more willpower and just more energy and just a better functioning body. Mm -hmm. That's a part of a part of the work that I do. So mm. it, it involves ketones, but I'm getting them from brain octane instead of from crazy diets. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's make sure we finish the top five other saturated fats so oh, we yeah. can move on to the third thing and then get you on video because that's what we like yeah. to do. So we want to stay on. Here we on, go. Yeah. So Butter. Um, and this is some really awesome information, you guys. I hope you're taking notes. Oh wait, wait, we have these transcribed. Just kidding. We make it easy <laughs> for you. Okay. So butter. Right, full list. Butter, butter, egg yolks. Egg yolks, coconut oil, but you don't need a cup a day. A couple tablespoons is going to give you all the, the good lauric acid that you need, and it's dirt cheap that way. Don't don't get it concentrated. And then the third one would be grass-fed, pastured animals that that are ruminants. So this means, for the most part, beef and lamb. So eat the ribeye, and that is amazing. Also, grass-fed – well, actually, it's not grass-fed. We'll call it pastured uh, bacon – or pork belly or uh, basically pork can be really, really good for you, but it needs to be from very healthy animals. That's stuff to buy at the farmer's market mm -hmm. because unfortunately pigs are a good source of saturated fat, but they also accumulate toxins as well as humans do. Mm -hmm. Humans and pigs, we use our kidneys instead of our liver to get rid of a lot of the, the toxins that come from basically man-made toxins as well as nature-made toxins that come from mold in food. So they oftentimes feed moldy food to animals and then the animals accumulate the mold and then we get uh, these xenoestrogens that disrupt our testosterone that are present in the pig fat. So be careful and eat your carefully cooked bacon from quality animals and you'll feel really good. Uh, awesome. The After that, getting to saturated fat from food becomes really hard to do. I don't recommend eating palm oil because, in fact, we took palm oil out of our brain octane oil because palm oil kills orangutans and orangutan that. juice is gross. Yeah. So we're 100% coconut source. We're the only ones out there with brain octane uh, that, that do that because uh, it, it's actually really important for the environment. And also palm oil escorts lipopolysaccharides across your gut. You don't want to do that. Yep. That's going to make you weak. Yep. After that, there really aren't a lot of sources of saturated fat. What was the fifth you one? Get. You said grass-fed animals. Oh, grass-fed animals. It was basically like ruminants. The okay. best ones would be uh, sheep and grass-fed lamb and grass-fed beef, but after that, it basically comes down to pork, which isn't really grass-fed. There aren't that many others. You get a little bit of, of you know, goose fat or something, duck fat, but it, it really <laughs> falls down from there. And avocados are good for you, but they're not saturated. Right. Uh, uh, organic olive oil, if it's really olive oil, that's a big problem with labeling there. That's good for you, but it's not saturated. So yeah. th those are those are the big things. I, I eat a lot of those those types of fat. And butter is the most convenient by far. And would you say, too, that we, we've talked a lot about men, but also, you know, women, these things apply to women, too, just having higher quality saturated fats and, and helping us with our hormones. And I mean, I, I know the answer to that, but I want to hear your take on it, too, Dave. If you want to have stable hormones, there's two things that are going to make a difference. One is undamaged saturated fat, and the other one is having some ketones present. One of the things that happens is that as soon as your blood sugar crashes, your body believes, those little mitochondria, they believe that it's an energy emergency. 
And once that happens, uh, you're kind of you're kind of screwed. Uh, the energy emergency happens, and uh, then you're going to go into fight or flight mode, and your hormones are going to be dysregulated, and you're not going to feel good. I totally just had this image of all these those little tiny minions going running around like nah, nah. <laughs> a state of emergency. <laughs> no one's communicating well, and you say we're screwed, but no one's getting screwed. Hmm. Pretty much, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still can't stand hearing women doing like, oh, it's slow fat. I'm like, real, where, what rock? I know. It's I don't so get ingrained. It. It's so ingrained uh, in us. Coming back to those messages <laughs> that we grew up with from God, our culture. No. And this is what I love so much about the whole culture that you've built, Dave, is that it's like, question everything. If someone tells you something, you know, don't just take it and run with it and do it. You know, I mean, I, or just find someone like Dave or us or someone that brings you good people and quality information that is sourced well and, and well articled. And it has a community where it's like, we all are trying the same things. And by no means we're not always right. I mean, that's how, that's what biohacking is about. It's like getting it wrong many times so that you can get it right and then keep trying to get more things right so that you can build a huge empire like Dave did. So Dave, I think that there, I want to make sure we end on a good note because, I mean, obviously all of this has been awful. Just kidding. On the best note, I want to you to share with us what one of the most powerful quotes that you have that you want to leave us with, with respect to biohacking, sexual health, or anything that people will feel empowered by. Well, you talked about that, uh, that, that building an empire thing, which is, is never what Never what motivated me with Bulletproof. I, I was a VP in charge of global evangelism for a publicly traded company with stock options and wow. a multiple six-figure salary when I started Bulletproof. The the reason I started Bulletproof was that I spent, at this point, a million dollars. At the point, it had only been three or $400,000 on getting my brain back, on increasing my IQ above where it was baseline, uh, uh, just losing the weight, and just, just getting in charge of my biology. And I studied for tens of thousands of hours. And it's not fair that I had an early win in my career that let me afford to do that. Uh, even though I, I lost the $6 million I made when I was 26, I lost it when I was 28. But still, I, I was able to spend a few hundred thousand dollars getting well. And I realized if someone had told me what I know now when I was 16 or 20, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have the stretch marks I have now. I wouldn't have had three knee surgeries. I wouldn't have suffered all the, all the way I suffered. So I started my blog just because if five people read the blog and I could keep them from doing what I did, I, I get karma points for that. Like that was just mm -hmm. about about fairness and about helping. No intent to build a business out of it whatsoever. So no no, necess no necessity for building an empire. But the quote that, that comes out of all that is when, now I'm gonna forget who said this. Oh geez, it's a famous author. I used to end all my talks with it. That's kind of funny. We'll Google it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it's also just lame because it's on the edge of my brain. Anyway, the goal is... You were just talking the, about your IQ. Quote, <laughs> exactly. It didn't say my memory was better. Uh, but the... My memory is better. But uh, it, anyhow, it's Henry Miller is the quote. There we go. See, told you yeah. I had it. And it is, uh, the goal of life is not to accumulate power, but to radiate it. Oof. Mm. I love that. Mm. Radiating. Through your mitochondria which you can check out all the details and Dave's new book, which comes out when, Dave? It is out April 4th. If people go to or go to orderheadstrong.com, you can get the first chapter sent to you right away. And I always appreciate pre-orders because it helps my publisher know how many copies to make. Mm -hmm. sure. Love it. On yeah. it. And also, if you guys haven't checked out, what's uh, the, the book, too, that you wrote? What, when was that? Did you come out with the Better Baby book? The Better Baby book was 2011, but it's still the foundation for my wife, Dr. Lana's fertility coaching practice. And it's it's helped a lot of people get pregnant, but not just get pregnant, have kids that are uh, exceptionally healthy. Yeah, yeah. So much of this is toxicity and just getting, just getting out of the fog that is the junk that is fed to us today and, and getting into and finding what what is native to foreign, you know, to human bodies, which is real food. A lot of the things we talked about today. So um, Dave, now we just, to close this, you talked about, we talked about testosterone to summarize, we talked about saturated fats and healthy foods to boost testosterone and just have a healthier general drive. So 
We're not saying that, that supplementing testosterone is bad. We're saying that finding your balance and, and within range is a good idea and to manage that and to make sure that you're not aromatizing and to really understand your body. So what are ways that people can start doing that on their own, like the first step? Uh, the first step is go get a sex hormone panel. Yes. If you don't know where you are, it's going to be very hard to change it. And then you're sort of flying blind. Also, if you're 25 and you're doing pretty well, you probably want to know those numbers. So when you're 65, you can still be replicating them. Mm -hmm. So don't wait. Know your levels. Mm -hmm. Yep. Perfect. And that's why I became a functional diagnostic nutritionist, because it's important to know where you are. Point A is very important. Point B, where you want to be, is also very important. And then everything else in between is just exploration and biohacking. Right, Dave? Exactly. Amazing. Ah, oh, I love this. I learned so much. I, my, my notepad literally has scribbles all over it. No, I do too, but I can't read mine. And then I start. Are they like, are they like little hearts and Hello Kitties, or are they actually legible? And unicorns. Yeah, and unicorns. Of course, Dave. <laughs> Everything's happy. And then I starred, starred, highlighted, circled, hearted um, <laughs> to have a, a bulletproof coffee break right after my vibrator break today. Why not you before? mean whole body vibration break, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, why not before? <laughs> Maybe I should have it before. Yeah, yeah. why not? I, Wait, Dave, should we do a coffee before or after our personal sexcapade? Uh, why not during? Yeah, I get, I, I honestly, when I take his Bulletproof coffee, I'm like on crack for a while. Not In that a good I've, way. Not that I've ever done crack to know that, but yeah. literally, I, I can't even. <laughs> crack a corn. I, it, it actually deserves saying, if you have Bulletproof coffee ahead of time, the ketones are going to give you better uh, stamina. And I mean exercise stamina, not longevity in bed stamina. That, that comes from breathing and awareness and things like that. Yes. But just having more energy, having a snack before you uh, go for recreational activities is probably a good idea. For sure. Hormones are made of fat. What's up? For sure. Okay, guys, thank you so much, lovers, for stopping by today to hear out one of the, if not the, top biohacker in the world on all things health and sexual wellness. Dave, check out his new book. If you guys are listening to this after April, then his book is already launched. Go check it out. I mean, there's really not anything that I have disagreed with that you've put out there, even though it's really funny when you get real popular, people start hating. And I just hear these things. I'm like, <laughs> Dave has always just been so amazing to me. What do you mean he has an ego? I listen to him. Like, we all have to have some sort of an ego. You can't be a leader without an ego. So go check out everything he's doing and find your flow, find your balance, get your hormones checked, and then do the things for yourself that work for you instead of just listening sheepishly to the masses. Dave, again, thank you so much. And everybody who's listening, we love your reviews. We learn what you want more of. So go check out us on iTunes. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Share the love. And don't forget that sex, sex matters. Thanks for tuning in, lovers. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel. You can find out more about our guests and topics from our show by checking out katmeyer.com or diankazer.com. Until next time, don't forget to nourish your sex life.